This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Mark it down, Sunday, April 10th. It's the 34th Annual All-Star Labor Classic presented by Philadelphia's Organized Labor and featuring the best of the best, high school girls and high school boys in a city versus suburban showdown. It's the All-Star Labor Classic, a Philadelphia tradition showcasing the very best high school girls and boys basketball players from the entire Delaware Valley. That's Sunday, April 10th, starting at noon. The live games will be played at Ridley High School. Now, on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. And welcome in, everyone, to hour number two. This is the John Doherty Hour as we come to you live on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. We thank everyone for uh, being with us, J. Doc, through uh, hour number one. And our good friend, John Doherty, sitting on the other side. Uh, my friend, how are you, sir? Welcome in. What's up, Krause? How's the guy doing? All right? All good, man. We sit here, Doc, with... Uh, you know, doing a radio show, uh, got a great hour lined up with the legendary Vernon Odom, and we sit here with uh, one eye on the monitor, uh, watching uh, all of the un- uh, all of the events as they unfold in Ukraine. Yeah, they just hit uh, an oil depot. It seems that has uh, hit all the TV stations. It's but you got to give these Ukrainian. Uh, uh, people, elected officials, you know, all the people that are coming back, man, they're tough, you know, and uh, this isn't, you know, this is something that I, I just don't understand why it's happening. I think he's completely deranged. You know, somebody has to stop this maniac, you know, and uh, I, I hope that this continues, and I hope the people in Russia protest, and I know I probably am going overboard. This is not what this show's about, but this frustrates me. I don't know if I'm getting old or not. I'm just watching this lunatic. Yeah. They run around town killing people that are his own people. These are relatives of people that live next to him, and everybody's against it. His own PR person's daughter went on the air crying about it. I mean, it's ridiculous. Somebody has to stop this maniac. Absolutely, and that's what makes it so scary because they're a nuclear power, we're a nuclear power, and you know he, he's a madman. He's living, you know, back in in the Cold War era, and you know he's he's using genocide. Uh, terms like genocide of, of, of Russians in, in the Ukraine as a reason for doing what he's doing, he's out of his mind. But our thoughts and prayers are with everybody in the Ukraine, and, and um, you know, I think we all feel that way. God bless them all. Well, um, the legendary Philly TV reporter Vernon Odom, John, is uh, going to be your guest for uh, the first three segments here tonight on uh, the John Doherty Hour, and um, for those of you who will hear his voice, you'll know his name instantly, and we welcome him into the John Doherty Hour. Vernon, a good Saturday night to you, sir. Welcome in. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, honored you would have me on on this, uh, this sh- on the program tonight, and uh, I deeply appreciate it. Here to answer whatever questions or talk about uh, 
whatever you want to speak on. You know, I was just listening to Johnny Doc say, talk about the situation in, U- in Ukraine and in the invasion from Moscow. I just watched ABC Network News a few minutes ago, and they had, there was a recording overheard on the radio of a Russian soldier saying, hey, we don't know who to shoot at. They're all, they all look like us, you know? And, uh, yeah. he's, and he, was pre- he was speaking in great frustration of the situation there, you know? And, uh, man, it, what a mess. And, I, I, you know, I, I'm still trying to get it with the reason why he's doing this. He's got the whole world against him, practically. And uh, anybody with common sense or a sense of, du- of duty, uh, decency, you know, but <sighs> Russia's always been a tough neighborhood, man. Yeah. And uh, it always has been. Mark? Vernon, this is Johnny. I just want to thank you, number one. You know, I've always been a gigantic fan. The way you covered the labor movement and Philadelphia in general, but you, you were much bigger than Philadelphia. And, you know, you talk about Russia. You go, you go way back. You were there for the fall of the USSR, and your resume is yeah. ridiculous. I mean, listen, I get it. <laughs> I, I always look. I always enjoyed you because, you know, there, you know, there's always a fine line because most of the time you were reporting something about us. It was something that was either controversial or could be controversial, and you were more than fair. And, again, I'm a, I, I'm a Channel 6 guy. I represent a lot of the other TV stations, you know, a lot of the cameramen, you know, from everyone from public television sure. to around town, but there, it was just, I grew up wandering in, in and out of Famous Deli, and people don't understand, years ago, Jim Gardner used to be in the back room with Mr. Badoff and all them guys, and it was just always, he right. never, he just, I mean, he was, if he's the face of Philly, you were the voice of Philly. I mean, that voice of yours, <laughs> and, and just you, and the way you handled yourself, and the way that you, you know, spent decades Okay, in this town. Everybody. I remember I was actually at Sam Staden Jr.'s uh, 50th year celebration as a laborer this, this morning. And I always remember his dad, who was the legendary Mr. Staden, looking at me and giving me a rundown early on, early on, Vernon. And he pointed to you and he said, that guy gives you a fair shake. Now, in your business, I don't know in our business if we could ever have a, a better friend than someone as smart, articulate, who gave us a fair shake. So I don't, I'm not going to talk a ton the rest of this show. I'm going to listen to you. This is, I'm excited about tonight. I sent Frank Keel a message, uh, and our mutual good friend Frank. I said, Frank, I'm excited sure. just to listen to Vern and talk, buddy. So you got Krause and Joe Doc, and I'll jump in here and there, but just unplug. Tell us whatever, just talk. Just tell us about you. You know, all the things you were involved with, you know, uh, you know, from, you know, you were right on the doorsteps with Martin Luther King. You've been through presidents. When we had popes in town, you, you know, you were one of the only people who understood what it was like because you were with the previous pope visits, which is just amazing. So right. you know, I just want to thank you and, and now sit back and appreciate Vernon Odom. Go ahead, buddy. Thank you, Doc. Uh, I appreciate you saying all those great things, man. You know, it's funny. I've been in Philadelphia 46 years now, come May. And most, when I run into people on the street today and in the hardware store and supermarket or wherever, most people think, people think I'm from here originally. I'm really not. I'm in Philadelphia now. I've been here 46 years since May 76. So I hope that quality, uh, 
qualifies me as a true Philly guy. My wife is uh, born and raised here, and so are our two children, who are now adults on their own. So uh, I, I, I'm a Philadelphian, man. I've been here all that time. I, um, you know, ironically, I was thinking about coming on, when Frank called me, I was thinking about coming on the show and what I would say. You know, my, a lot of my work experience begins in the labor movement. I grew up in, in northeastern Ohio, where the factories were booming and, and vibrant when I was there, from the steel industry to the city of Akron, which was the rubber capital of the world, the tire capital of the world. And uh, one of the ways I got through school was working in summer relief for uh, the rubber companies in um, in Akron. And in the 60s, when I was com- when I would come home from college in Atlanta, at Morehouse College there, I, I would work in the rubber companies. The unions, w- union members would take their summer vacations and things like that. And uh, they allowed college students to, s- to step in and fill in in a lot of the jobs in the rubber factory and, and building tires. Akron was, like I said, it was the tire capital of the world. Unfortunately, it's not any anymore. The, the big companies are still uh, there, but they've branched out their uh, their work to the south and to non-union uh, states. Unfortunately, but I worked in. I, I spent my uh, my years in college at organized working with organized labor and working in a factory. And I and this is before radial tires and four wheel drive and things like that. So I learned to build tires uh, in the summertime and operate the machines and. Uh, I sort of know what was the uh, tire building process back then. You know, people may not realize that uh, rubber uh, is green when it's when it's taken off the trees and when it's uh, picked. And uh, I did everything from work on the lathes to uh, uh, work on the tires and, and smooth them out and prepare them for sale, to load inner tubes in them, and to uh, actually... I, I worked in in uh, since they were green. You know, tires are not born black, or not picked black, or not mm-hmm. uh, nor, nor is rubber. And you used to have to shovel uh, graphite-based lamp black in there to create the uh, the process for doing that. And uh, working in the factories overnight, man, it it, it there were some tremendous lessons and to learn about life there. And you know, you you'd. Uh, you work with that lamp black all night. It would get in your pores. I can remember going home after a hard overnight shift or day's work and laying down and going, taking a shower and then going to sleep. And I'd wake up and the sheets would, the white sheets would have my body imprint on there, you know, with, uh, from the lamp black that you couldn't get off automatically. So man, my, my heart and my history is deep in the labor movement. And, uh, I also worked, uh, jobs, uh, that other union leaders let us let college guys like me have in the summertime. I was checking meters for the electric company all over northeastern Ohio, and I uh, got to got to know about a lot about life and a lot about people during those uh, uh, those trips around the northern part of the great state of Ohio. But I've been here forty six years now. I Man, I'm in Philadelphia. My mom and dad, our, our mom and dad, have long since gone to their rest. And I've been here so long since so coming here from Atlanta in 76 that, hey, I'm a Philly guy now, man. Most people recognize it. So my and, sister's and, here. She's- and, and Vernon, let me, let me jump in there uh, because 
Uh, you are a part of the fabric of Philadelphia. I'm, I'm, uh, I grew up in Philadelphia, born and raised, a union member my whole life, and grew up watching you on TV and, and, and the great work that you've done. One of the things that I'd like to say, you know Philadelphia is a working-class city, uh, very loyal town, but you got to earn that loyalty. And we know that a lot you know, with our sports stars, and, but particularly with yourself, Jim Gardner, at Action News, uh, you got to earn it. Once you earn it, the loyalty is there. Uh, talk about that yeah. and and uh, and how important and a big a deal that was for you guys and and what it was that created that trust and loyalty. Well, hard work and dedication, man. We when we came to town, I think Jim came to town from Buffalo about a month after I arrived in May of '76. Um, you know, Philadelphia is genuine, man. You can't be a phony over here and get over it. People, people look through you right here, and they make their decision. You can't foist a fraud on them, you know. And they uh, they look at your work ethic, your honesty, and um, you know your your ability to tell it like it is, which is a cliche, but uh, <laughs> to try to put it all out there—the good and the bad and the ugly, man—and that's what I always did, and that's what Jim. Uh, that's what the whole Action News team was about. We had a great management back in those days. It was owned by uh, uh, Capital Cities, which was a small, uh, a relatively small radio and TV um, management outfit. And it got it got bigger and expanded. That it bought out ABC, and then uh, now Disney has it. So it's been over the years, man. But you know, Philadelphia for some reason, man, was very open to me. I had never really been here. Before I come up here to tape a few shows on Channel 12, Asel Moore, the former Inquirer reporter, and Reggie Bryant uh, uh, invited me up here to do a couple of shows. And the reason they they invited me up was because in '76, um, Jimmy Carter was running for president and um, was making a lot of headway, and they wanted somebody from the show was taped here, but it was a national show. And they wanted somebody from Georgia who knew Jimmy Carter. And uh, I did very well. I covered, his, I covered him when he was a, a backbench player in the state house in Georgia. And uh, then as he, as he got more and more national recognition. And, uh, you know, he was, he was sort of revered because he was, the, he was perceived to be the first Georgia governor. You know, I don't have to refresh you guys on the history of the Deep South and the relationship of governors. To the, to the black community, but, uh, you know, he was the first guy they assumed wasn't, uh, people found out actually read books and, and didn't drop down with his knuckles dragging after dark. And um, he, um, so he got national recognition, and I won't bore you with uh, his rise. We all remember that. Guys our age remember it anyway. But uh, they were quite impressed up here that I knew Carter so well. And, uh, Channel 6 was, and actually an old friend of mine, George Strait, who, with whom I'd worked in Atlanta for a long time, came here to Philadelphia first. I had never been here, and um, I really knew no one here. I, I'd gone to college. Hello, can you still hear me? Yes. Yeah, we got you, friend. Yeah, yeah I still, uh, I'd gone to college with a lot of people from Philadelphia, and I knew them, but I'd never been here. But when I came, uh, this town was very opening to me, man, and very, very, very welcoming to me and uh i absorbed things very quickly and then being the kind of job i had you know i got around town 
every day a whole lot. Met people in all stratas, you know, in every neighborhood around town. And you get to know them, and you get to know how important that is to the people here. I, I, I had a friend, a guy named Jim Washington. He was a pro basketball player. for He played for Villanova, and he played for the Atlanta Hawks. And I told, I told him that I was moving to Philly. He said, look, Philadelphia at this point, this is 1976, doesn't get the kind of publicity that New York and Washington get because it's right in the middle of those two places. But when you get there, man, you're going to meet some fascinating people. And that town has some great elements. It's got some bad elements, and it's got some wild elements. And you're going to meet some fascinating people. And sure enough, I did, man. I had they weren't getting the kind of national, generally the kind of national press that you know you always get it in D.C., the nation's capital, and New York's the Big Apple, so it always gets plenty of publicity. But that's how I came here, and that's how I approached it, man. And my job was traveling around covering every neighborhood, city, and suburbs, and I, and I learned to differentiate between them. And in the first few years I was here, I got to, you know, you, you can get, it seems like to Philadelphia to me, most people are never more than three or four persons separated from the whole Right, three town. degrees of separation, you know, right. Yeah, there's reasons of separation. That's exactly what I was looking for. And, I, you know, I got to know people, and I would go places and um, um, and get to know people very well, man, and all the issues that were going on here. But And I had, I had gone to graduate school in New York, and New York's so vast, but Philadelphia is so friendly and so neighborhoodish that you get to know people in, uh, in reasonable degrees of separation very, very quickly. It's amazing as I look back at it now. And um, it's just amazing, man. I, well, I can't, I, I, the I one thing I want to say is this. Though, and do, if I'm J-Duck. talking too much, if I'm elaborating. No, no, you're great. Film, J-Duck, you're loving it. You know what, J-Duck, you hold your thought. Vernon, you hold your thought. John Doherty, keep enjoying the popcorn. We're listening uh, 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 with the legendary Vernon Onum here on the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get to a commercial break. And then we'll continue our conversation back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on the John Doherty Hour on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, spending some good quality time with the legendary Philly TV reporter Vernon Odom. Good stuff, Jay Doc, tonight. And, of course, uh, John as well. Thank you for getting Vernon on the show. And, 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 and I'll tell you, Vernon, we're, we're talking about your legendary career. And Krause and I were just saying during the break, being on the labor show here has to be the cherry on top of that stellar career. Uh, you yeah, you right. can now retire, <laughs> you know, peacefully and, and know that you did it all, man. <laughs> Having said yeah, that. Absolutely. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you're right, man. My my history and my heart are deep in the labor movement. Like I said, I grew up in northeastern Ohio, from Akron to Cleveland, man, working uh, working with organized labor and being an organized laborer, you know, and um, 
and uh, being being I guess I, they called us uh, semi members of the union because we paid a certain amount in union dues every month to work those summer jobs, you know, because those the, the labor guys would take their vacations off, take their vacation time off, mainly in the summer because sure. winters out there coming off lake off the Great Lakes are so rough. So we had fill-in jobs, man, and they helped a lot of guys through school, to get through college and everything else, including yours truly. And, uh, they helped my mom and dad and things like that. And uh, so, hey, man, it's it's part of the ethic out there, you know. And I, I, I yeah. unfortunately, I'm I'm one of the I'm one person who's very sad about the decline and the creation of the Rust Belt because. Uh, I remember growing up in Akron, Ohio, man, the, fa- the rubber factories were booming, creating tires for the whole world. And um, I grew up in a town where everybody's father, everybody's daddy, from one end of the town to the other, had a job working in, working in the rubber factories. And some guys' fathers had worked at two different rubber companies and things like that. And um, sometimes you go over to a buddy's house and shh. My dad's up there asleep, man. He's, he's <laughs> he just left Goodyear, and he's on. A, he's got to go to Goodrich or, or Firestone in a couple of hours. So, and I, one, um, one, of, one of the things I wanted to, to bring up, though, and this is a big deal, um, you know, it, it, because you know, the, the world's an uncertain place. But yesterday was a historic time, you know, in America, uh, as, as President Biden uh, nominated the first black woman, Katanji Brown Jackson, mm-hmm. ever to the Supreme sure. Court in its 233-year sure. history. Talk about that and, and, and what it meant to you. Well, it, it is big, man. It is big. My father was the, uh, for many, many years, was the president and director of the Urban League in Philadelphia, in Akron. And uh, there was an organization created in, in the uh, early part of the 20th century to help uh, black laborers who were leaving the farms and in the deep south and coming to America's big industrial cities, Detroit, Cleveland, Akron, Philadelphia, things like that. So my father was a community organizer that way, and uh, he had tremendous cooperation and a great relationship, not only with the, with the unions, but with the managements as well. So... I, I learned a lot about that life, and my father would talk about it at night. But uh, man, it, it, it was great. It was great. Everybody's everybody's father. All my friends, their fathers had good jobs, and uh, they were able to work and um, and have those good jobs, take care of their families, and um, and work like that. And uh, it was a tremendous experience and a great place to be growing up at that time. So, um, Vernon, let me ask you, know, you I'm about proud of it. No, okay, finish but my up, heart and my history has always been deeply invested in, uh, in with organized labor. Then. And, um, but no, I was back to the, uh, the appointment of judge Jackson yesterday. It's big. Man. America's had, um, 215 Supreme court justices. I think you've had, uh, You've had one Latino female, uh, at least one black male. I won't comment on the one who's on there still living now, but um, and you've had uh, others. So it's a big thing, and it is big. It is big symbolically. It's an inspiration to uh, young people everywhere, and it should be 
big to uh, it should be a big symbolic uh, situation and, and, and event in the lives of our country and, and our country people. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of racial strife and tension that gets sold on uh, uh, on in big modern time politics. It's very sad. It's pathetic that uh, a lot of people try to use that to divide people. I don't want to sound like a politician, but that's uh, that's the truth, and that's what it is. And um, it's so. And there'll be this will be a fight, even though that woman is eminently qualified to be where she's going to be. You're going to have a whole lot of right wingers picking at her and uh, trying to find something that they could use on her. You know, to to try to blunt the effect or to rough her up or discredit her. And, um, you know, I rest my case. There was a, a mean, a tough little cartoon on today, on, on the Internet today I saw. It, it was, um, it showed, um, it showed uh, Katanji Jackson walking in with a cart, an industrial cart, full of her qualifications and her experiences and things like that in boxes, you know. Yeah. And it showed one of the other. And it showed one of the other justices. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, if anybody saw it, but it showed one of the other justices on there with a uh, with a six pack of beer, questioning her credentials to be there. You know, and it just I won't call names, but you, we, we we know who we're talking about. So it, it's going to be rough, man. But it, it is a it is a milestone and a major step forward for the United States. Some people you're going to get resentment. You're going to get people who are going to say. Well, why do ha- why do you have to say it was a black female? Why didn't you just go out and say he's going to appoint somebody? Come up and say, folks, she's the best person qualified. You get a lot of resentment that that way, and you get a lot of reaction that way. But it, 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 you know, it's I would long overdue. That, you know, you get that sentiment from people that um, you know are, are are just clueless. And like the president said, he wants the, the nomination to, to, to reflect, and I'm paraphrasing, the excellence and, and uh, the reflection of, of our uh, American citizens, okay? And it, this is, it, it is long overdue. It's a big deal across the board, and she's overqualified. She's a Harvard Law School graduate, was head of the Harvard Review. Uh, you just can't, you know, she was a, uh, uh, she were. Uh, she worked in the uh, the federal public defender's office, and she was right. a judge for eight years. I mean, I can uh, you, you can go you can go on or the, the, you know, three, uh, two and a half years on the on the uh, U.S. Circuit uh, appeals. I mean, you know, I don't care what people say. There, you know, anybody who doesn't focus on this woman's qualifications is this is the labor show, uh, Vernon. So I'm gonna just lay it the way I, I think is an idiot. And so, uh, but your point yeah. is well taken. There'll be a lot of people who will blast it and try to use it for their own, you know, political cheap points. But, um, you know, growing up in northern Ohio, man, we had every ethnic group. There are a lot of Ukrainians out there. And uh, I had to learn to polka dance when I was uh, <laughs> when I was in school and and, uh, and uh, not had to. But I did. A lot of my friends were, were from the eastern European Slavic nations and uh we did a lot of it. There's a lot of cross 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 cultural stuff out there, and uh, in in the fabric of the communities out there, and uh, it's valuable. And we have too many communities now that are isolated from one another, and 
anytime you have tough economic times, uh, I learned this from one, a former police commissioner in Philadelphia, Willie Williams. I'm sure you guys remember him. Yep. Because there was some there was some kind of iteration. Anytime, let's talk about crime for a second. Anytime you have a sus criminal suspect and a victim who are uh, who are of opposite races or ethnicities, uh, prejudices and bigotry that's boil that's constantly simmering beneath the surface will boil up to the surface. Beneath the surface will boil up to the top. In other words, if it's a black on black crime, people say, "Oh, that's terrible." White on white crime. Uh, oh man, lock him up, throw away the key, da da da. But let the suspect be of one ethnicity and the and the perpetrator and the victim be of these things. Those hostilities build up, man. They still do. And in some days, I I wonder how far we have come since uh, since uh, since those old days. You know, when uh, before civil rights legislation and things like that. It's uh, it's sometimes it depresses me terribly, you know, and um, I wish our, all of our clergymen would uh, work harder at their jobs that, and try to heal the community and not uh, be useful or play to the uh, to the bigotry and um, and things like that. Johnny Doc, I know you took a lot of heat setting up uh, internships and training programs for inner-city youth, meaning black youth, in your years, and uh, I know you caught a lot of flack for it. You had to take a lot of guys didn't like it. But. Let me let me tell you the funny part. You, you remember when I started an early mentor program, we actually reached out to you, and it's been 20 years now. Right. And the charter school, well. yeah, the charter school, Philadelphia Electrical mm-hmm. Technology Charter School, has a great intern program. And one of the things yeah. I championed out of that charter school was that every kid had a job, you know, six, eight, right. ten years ago, part of every kid had a job someplace in, in Philadelphia. And I don't know if you remember, but, you know, during the holidays every year, I would take the leadership of the school, the charter school, the executive yeah. board, the student government, I would take it to Capitol Grill for lunch. And the first time I did it, I'm walking all these kids in, most of them of, of color, most of them their shirts hanging out. You know, we go to the back room, and I turn around, and who joins me but Mayor Wilson Good? He wasn't the mayor mm-hmm. at the time, but he, he was so intrigued by what was going on. Now, that's some of the good stuff. Here's some of the bad parts. And you made a great statement when you said, I don't know how far we've come. There was a gentleman who was coming into the back end of a fight in Lincoln University, you know, a week or so ago. He was one of our interns. Juwan, you know, who just passed, he did yes. everything right. He did everything right. He went to school. He played sports. He worked with mm-hmm. us. He was a great kid. I can tell you as of about maybe 8, 10, 12 weeks ago, he called me and was telling me how good he was doing. I was wondering if he could up you know, his internship a little bit. And what he meant by that, he hadn't worked with us in a while, but he wanted to come in and travel around with the business manager and get the chance to see how the labor leaders. We were discussing that. Then he walks into, you know, a college, and because of this crime and this, you know, I mean, this tough guy stuff, he he was a, a student, an athlete, a really good kid, and he's 
not, no longer with us. And that, and and it's and again, it's why we have to keep doing what we're doing. That's why people like yourself can't stop. You know, even though you're retired, your voice is important. Not just the actual, you know, the the sound of your voice, but you know, people and kids listen to you. We, you know, we, you've helped us at the labor movement on multiple occasions, stepping up to the plate and either emceeing something. But when you speak, I mean, people people have to know. I mean, you, you've been through it all. You watched it all. Look, I, I've been this this, ra- this little radio show has a tremendous following. You know, when Nielsen ratings at one time we were rated at the top for our slot on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But people would never imagine why, because we talk about real stuff. We don't talk about you know we're not in it for the drama of of a paycheck. We're in it because we actually have fun doing it, and we want people to hear. I've been hollering for years prior to you know a summer ago where. You know, the social, you know, uh, injustice just went crazy. But I was saying somewhere along the line, this, something was going to happen. The people were getting richer and the people were getting poorer. The gap was too big, you know. And I mean, mm-hmm. and I thought the union movement had an opportunity to not only bring kids in, but bring neighborhoods with them. You know, and I, I was lucky enough to have a mom and dad. I was lucky enough mm-hmm. to have a mom and dad who worked multiple jobs and sent me to St. Joe Prep. So I got a head right. start on the kids in my neighborhood because them Jesuits kicked our butts. And you went to mm-hmm. Morehouse, I think, if your father went there, you had a Yes. You'd be shocked at how many kids want to go, but they just can't go. So our labor movement, our, our most of our apprentice programs are now college accredited. So our kids get a head jump, you know, when they go to school. And, and again, and so, you know, I mean, wrapping up my little pie job there is that, we need to continue to do what we do with the labor movement. We need friends like you. Okay, it's a it's a crazy world out there. No, it hasn't. It's you not, know, sometimes I question. Just, sometimes I question too how far we've come. You know, my like my mom was poorer than anybody you know. You know, my mom didn't have her own clothes till I tell people till she was five years old. And I always tell through life, my mom never realized we were poor because my mom thought that right. you know if we got up. We were clean. We did our homework. We went to school. We stayed together. We ate at home. We sat around the kitchen table. It could be anything from fish sticks, fish sticks to three days old soup. It doesn't matter. Okay, we were together. Sure. And, 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 I, and, and again, I just think that there's, you know, people have to do more of that. It's, you know, it's getting late. You know, these, these, these iPhones and this world has, you know, taken a lot of the personal contact out. You know, but again... When people like it you really say, get outside. It really has, man. Yeah, those, you, those I are, go around telling everybody, get, get outside, play basketball, play football, play, you know, I, everything besides St. Joe Prep, everything I learned in my life, every edge that I've had, I picked up at a playground at Second and Jackson in South Philly. Amen, man. Amen. All these Xboxes and all these iPhones and all these things, man, there's tremendous progress, but in some areas, and they serve a, a, a good thing, man. But the playgrounds where I learned, to, to, you know, to, to be on my own and maybe uh, have to survive in tougher environments and have to stand my own ground. And, and you know, it, I worry about today's youngsters, man. They don't know about a lot of things that uh, whose shoulders they stand on, people who sacrificed and, and, and worked hard and, absorb violence and, and face the enormous violence to try to accomplish things. They don't know that. They're not getting it taught in school, and they're just flying around watching uh, 
these violent TV programs and things like that. And I'm all for art, man. I'm not as, I'm not for censorship of anything, but people just, and this COVID thing has been terrible. It's just been, it's just ravaged a lot of people, isolated them and kept people from learning and, and, and learning and, and interacting with people, things like that. It's income inequity, John and Joe. And it, uh, it's been it's had a devastating effect, man. It's had a devastating effect. But when I talk to kids and I, I talk to groups, and I I start talking about things that uh, that to me are second nature and things I understood and knew about when I was in high school, and even now I'm teaching some college classes, and these kids look at me calf-eyed. They have no idea what the hell who or what the hell I'm talking about. I, you know, what is the there from what does the word vacation stem? Vacation is a union term for you vacate your work premises, but your job is there when you come back. People don't know that, man. People don't understand that, man. They think uh, they got to be middle class just because uh, by people being nice, man. People had to fight for these things and uh, and um, and learn from these things. I, my wife uh, has had a brother in, her, in his family who lived out in Michigan, man. And we took, when the kids were very young, we took them out there to, uh, it's, it, they lived between Detroit and Ann Arbor. But we also went to the uh, town, Dearborn, where Henry Ford had his first huge factory. And out there, to their credit, man, they talk about all the union busters and goons the uh, uh, Henry Ford hired. They're trying to break up the labor unions and things like that. And, and our children got that exposure and that knowledge. In addition to touring the factory and seeing old machinery and seeing how new machinery worked in, in one of the truck factories out there. But kids are not often getting that kind of exposure. They're not getting those kind of field trips, man, which are so valuable to uh so valuable, man. I, 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 I so regret it. I wish I had billions and I could do something about it, you know. And uh, But they've cut school budgets and uh, things like that. I even, have, I even have some trouble with rap music, not hip-hop. But, you know, I was talking to some people who are great musicians, are great entertainers now. You know, Kenny Gamble, Gamble and Huff, they, he, Kenny Gamble learned, took music lessons at South Philadelphia High, you know. And um, that's how he became a great producer and, and, and record mobile, uh, pioneer, man, recording music pioneer. And, you know, when, when, the, when you had the white flight to a lot of the suburbs and things like that and break it off to go to different schools after the 54 orders on immigration, things like that, the inner city neighborhoods got inner city schools were hard up for money because the tax base eroded and therefore first thing they drop were music lessons. And I, I'm, I've been on a crusade. I say, folks, there's nothing wrong with music, rap music. There's nothing wrong with hip-hop. But some of the vulgar, misogynistic lines in, in the gangster rap and these things, man, you know, listen, you guys don't understand. Man, I'm as hip as they, as they ever come along, you know? Vernon Odom. Joining us here on mm-hmm. the Labor Show on the John Doherty Hour. Uh, hold your thought, Vernon. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back on the other side, we'll finish up the conversation. Back in a moment. 
This edition of the Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here on the John Doherty Hour, spending our time with 42 years of great integrity in broadcast journalism. Uh, Vernon Odom joining us uh, for uh, the full hour. By the way, Jim Snell, business manager, Local 420, um, sitting in on the show tonight, just joined us. Jimmy, get some popcorn, sit back and um, and listen, my friend, as we uh, are... Um, Going down memory lane with Vernon Odom. Vernon, by the way, before uh, we get out of here, and we only have about five minutes left, I do want to tell you your next invitation uh, 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 to join us uh, may be to uh, sit in uh, on the new John Doherty podcast uh, coming. Um, and perhaps when we do that, uh, if you're so kind and gracious to do it, we can cover some of the biggest names and some of the biggest stories uh, that you have covered in your uh, illustrious career. Well, thanks for the invitation. I'll I'll, I'll be around. I, I thought we were going to do some of that tonight, but maybe I elaborated too much on all my. Uh, well, I wanted to ask about, you about so the Eagles Super Bowl, all that good stuff, and we just didn't get. Well, to you it. set us up for a, a second show, so we're actually kind of glad. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and 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 uh, having said that, uh, Joe Krause mentioned Jimmy Snell. Uh, I want to bring him into the broadcast because I'm sure he wants to say hello. Uh, Vernon, you know you you know you grew up in all of our living rooms, and so Jimmy, uh, how are you, my friend? Good evening, gentlemen. How how's everybody doing? Doing fantastic. Having a nice hey, leisurely conversation with a member of our family who's been our, in our living room uh, for 42 years. So it's been a long time. It is, isn't it? Uh, listen, say hello to listen, say hello you know, to Vernon. I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm an Action News Channel Six guy, okay, and I'm not just saying that because Vernon's on the line. But you know, I mean, every big story you know that you ever saw on TV, you know, you you knew it was a big story when Vernon was doing it. You know, he he was he was the big guy doing the big story. So uh, it's uh, I'm, my life's complete now. I'm on I'm, I'm I'm on the call here with Vernon Odom. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on the call with you guys. Uh, good stuff, Jim Snell. Thanks. You can stay right there, brother. Uh, John Doherty, I'm going to come back to you. But, uh, Vernon, I've got uh, two minutes to give you last thoughts or last word uh, on okay. the show. It was a fast hour, my friend. It sure was, man. And I apologize if I elaborated or talked too long. Sometimes I, I get I get going on a particular subject and... I should give shorter answers, but I'll be glad to talk about the Eagles, the Super Bowl, and uh, and all the things. I'm excited about the 76ers now, etc. So, anytime, well, we're, uh, we're saving that for part two, Vernon. And and I don't I don't know if you heard what Jimmy Snell said, but uh, Jimmy's on the line, at local 420 business manager, steam fitters. But same sentiment as me. Uh, you know, we grew up with you in our living room. It's it's Thank obviously you. an honor to to have you. On there's so much more that we can't wait to talk about. Johnny Doc, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw it to you, brother. Yeah, just thanks a lot, Vernon. You know, you're, what you have done over the years is amazing. You know, I don't know if you understand it. You know, in every neighborhood, not any one neighborhood, in any neighborhood, 
you know, when you were speaking, people were listening, and you are the voice of Philadelphia. That's very kind, man. I deeply appreciate that. I'm humbled. I'm humbled by all that praise and uh, things like that. I really am, man. I've worked hard at it. I've tried. I've learned a lot about our community and uh, and absorb it and, and tell everyone's story accurately and fairly and with some compassion and uh, some understanding. And uh, that's been my goal, tenacious. Uh, and intelligent and uh, things like that. And I, I've tried very hard to do that, man. It's, uh, been, it's But it's been a labor of love, so to speak, you know? Perfect. Good words to end uh, the, our segment with Vernon Odom tonight uh, joining us on the John Doherty Hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Vernon, appreciate it, man. Thanks a million. Thank you for having me. I deeply appreciate it. Yeah, Hello to everybody out there. And, okay. Good, awesome. good stuff from Vernon Onan. John Doherty's still here. Got about 90 seconds until uh, we say goodbye. Jim Snell is with us, Steam Fitters Local uh, 420. Pretty good stuff, Doc. Uh, might be a great guest for your upcoming podcast. Absolutely. But in this last minute and a half, just want to get Snelly on because, you know, one of the things that Jim Snell has been talking about, not any specific, we're not talking about pipelines, we're not talking, we're just talking about independence of gas. And the, the transition into the solar power, the traditions into the modern energy, Jimmy has been at the forefront at letting us know that if we did not protect some of our refineries and we did not continue with some of the energy, you know, the good old-fashioned gas type, that one, we were going to get caught short on all the products we used during the pandemics, like the Cloroxes, but more importantly, eventually... You know, someone like Russia could take advantage of it. Now, Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely, John. Great, great uh, hearing you. Um, listen, I know you only got a, a minute or so, but you hit the nail on the head, John. I mean, you look at Russia; they're one of the biggest energy suppliers in the entire world. Okay, um, look, a lot of people don't know this. You don't have to believe me. You can check it out online. Uh, Russia imports. It's about 600,000 barrels a day of of oil, right? A lot of people don't know that. We are so reliant on Russia, plus their gas, right? They bring gas over into the Boston Harbor. You don't have to believe me. Check that out, right? So we are relying on Russia. And look at what the hell they're doing. Look at what they're doing. God forbid they decide to cut off Europe. I mean, they supply roughly 40 to 45% of... uh, Natural gas to Europe. What, what you know? I, we've always talked about national security, right? Keeping these refineries open, doing what we can do to keep to to, to produce uh, extract this gas from the Marcellus Shale regions, right? It's all about national security. Who would have thought we're talking about global security now? Yeah. What happens if our our allies in Europe get cut off by this nut? Okay. You know, we we should be there. We should be there uh, shipping gas over there, LNG gas to Europe. And, I mean, God forbid it gets to that point, but we can't sit around and wait anymore. I, I just wonder what the, 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 the people, the Katie Moots and the Amanda Capalettis of the world, what their response is to this. Okay? Jimmy Snell, hold this, that this thought, brother. Got to go, right boys. Got, boys, got to go. Great uh, point, Jimmy. Great, uh, good stuff from Jim Snell. Uh, More with him, for sure. Uh, That's going to do it for the John Doherty Hour. 
here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. On behalf of our gracious host, John Doherty, on behalf of Jim Snell, on behalf of J-Doc, and on behalf of the legendary Vernon Odom, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.